0: All right. This is the Bulls on the Birds podcast, episode number three, coming to you from Chester County. Tonight's show is going to be all about the schedule. The schedule came out uh, just a couple of weeks ago. But before we get into the schedule, I thought we'd start with the rapid fire yes or no section. Sounds good. All right. Howie Roseman crushed this off season. Yes or no, DB? He
1: crushed. He crushed it. Now. I'd say he did a good job on the draft. Yes. But he also positioned draft picks to the non-draft items, and I think he just blew the non-draft items out of the park. I mean, you look at it, picking up A.J. Brown off the draft, Redick before that, now he picks up uh James Bradbury, Bradbury from yeah. the Giants. And that was a need. Uh, what I love to see is we're filling needs Yeah, that we have. That's the one thing I looked at at the beginning of this was what were our needs at the end of last year? Cornerback, safety, wide receiver, edge, and even special teams. The only area that we haven't gotten markedly better is with the safety.
0: Safety position. And I think
1: they're thinking, you know what? We've we've got someone who can move in there with Epps. We've got Harris there as well. So guys that have some experience. So I think they're looking for Epps to step up in the safety position. And you know what? Who knows if Howie doesn't pull another one out. Yeah, for I safety. think he's
0: got like a, another 10 million still free. So we we could see another deal be put together. Yeah. But even if we don't, one of the interesting things that I saw James Bradbury say was one of the reasons he wanted to come to Philadelphia was because our D-line was so good. Yeah. And evidently having a really good D-line takes a lot of pressure off cornerbacks because the D-line is getting to the quarterback sooner. So the cornerbacks don't have to cover the wide receivers as long as long. Yep. So with that great of a D line and as good as the linebacker class that we've just picked up. Right. I think that takes a lot of pressure off the safety position. Exactly. Such that we really don't need a superstar there.
1: And you know what? That's great. I, and I think that fits into Howie Roseman's thought of it. Hey, if I can build around that safety, the safety piece is a luxury. And I agree with that. You know, you don't need to spend that much money on the safety. Spend it on the cornerbacks. Spend it on the linebackers. Spend it on the D-line. You can you can mold a safety. So, yeah, I think he hit it out of the park. I think we got better at every position. Where we didn't add in positions, we're looking for guys to go from year two to year three and get that much better and that much smarter in the NFL. So, loved it.
0: So yes, Howie Roseman did indeed crush yes, it. He did. Well done, Howie. Eagles pick up James Bradbury from the Giants. Bradbury has been in the league for six years and has only made one Pro Bowl in those six seasons. Giants could have had him for 13 or 14 million, but elected not to re-sign him. Do you think he's being overhyped a little by Philly fans because we are so desperate for a cornerback? You know, that's a good question, but honestly, I
1: don't think he's being overhyped. I can see the Giants letting him go because they don't want to spend $13, 14000000 on a cornerback when they have so many other needs. That's true. And they had such a strong draft. I think they're looking to take a step back, possibly, and and build that foundation for the future. So I can see them not spending the money. About the overhype piece, you look at Bradbury's numbers. They're similar to Darius Slay the last six, five, six years. And
0: we're pretty bullish on Slay right yeah,
1: now. Yeah, yeah. Slay at best lukewarm on him first couple games. Sure. But he showed towards the second half that, of the He season,
0: really is big play Slay. He
2: is.
1: Yes, he is. So um yeah, if, it- if he turns out to be another Darius Slay, we're in great company.
0: Seriously. What what are some of those specific numbers in, well, in, in comparison to Bradbury and Slay? You well, know
1: the last five well they've each been one one Pro Bowl. Okay. Darius Slay last year, Bradbury the year before. Interceptions, Slay nineteen, Bradbury fifteen. Very so comparable numbers past deflections. Slay 84, Bradbury 82. So you're talking about two guys, the same level of talent, and you got them as your corners on your D. That looks really good.
0: And you can't even make the argument that. Bradbury was just playing in a less competitive league or a less competitive division right. than Slay because he was with the Giants in the NFC East. So he it, was seeing the same yeah, competition we were.
1: Exactly. And he knows the competition. So ah, that's, he knows the competition. That's a step up.
0: That is a step up.
1: Also, the one negative, possible negative, he's here for a year. But you know what? I see that, and this is where I'm coming to see how he – roseman in a much better light than i have in the past (laughs) is i can see maybe his thoughts behind this being hey i got another insurance policy
0: this is a genuine conversion story here
1: yeah exactly (laughs) but you know what if bradbury works out he's got a one-year deal here 10 million he works out we sign him to a long-term deal
0: right and i don't think bradbury would want to go anywhere
1: right if it works out well here eagles are, uh, are eagles are getting young yes so they've got a great foundation going forward. Why would a guy like that want to leave if things work out like we expect them to this year? So I think he, how he sees another insurance policy, I can roll $10 million on this guy for one year. If he doesn't work out, he just walks away. We walk away. We look for a cornerback next year. If he does, we sign him to a long-term deal, and then we've got him and Slay to anchor the, the corner spots.
0: So we're both hopping on the Bradbury hype train.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. So Eagles pick up two wide receivers in free agency recently, Carrick Wheatfall from Fresno State and Josh Hammond off of waivers from the Jaguars. This now means the Eagles have 12 wide receivers on the depth chart. So we already knew the road to making the team for both the Olympic hurdler Devin Allen And former first-round draft pick Jalen Rager was tough. Right. Now we get reports coming out this week that the Eagles potentially picked up Devin Allen, not necessarily for his skill at the wide receiver position, but as a return specialist on special teams. First off, do you like Devin Allen as a potential kick returner?
1: I like him much better as a potential kick returner versus a wide receiver. I, I feel much better about that signing thinking that they're thinking about him as a kick returner, because I think that's an ideal slot for him. It puts that much more pressure on Jalen Reger. and I I would probably still stay with the idea that, you know, Jalen Reger may not make this roster. I'm, I'm moving more and more towards the thought of they might keep Reger and Devin Allen. Now they've got two guys that can both return kicks and be wide receivers if they need a four or five. Yeah, And that's not a bad idea.
0: No, it really isn't. So that is what really intrigues me about these reports coming out about Devin Allen potentially moving to special teams to be a specialist returner. Because when we originally signed him, it kind of puzzled me that we signed him to a three-year contract rather than a one-year deal. Why take a risk on a guy who hasn't played football since 2016 with a three-year contract? Right. But it could be we don't necessarily need him to work out at the wide receiver position right? if he works out on the special teams.
1: Absolutely. That's a position the Eagles have struggled with for I can't tell you how long.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, the other interesting piece is a couple weeks ago, we said Jalen Rager, you know, with the pickup of A.J. Brown, the return of Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins looking really good last year looking to have a breakout season this year and picking up Nick Pascal in the slot.
1: Zach Pascal, Or yep. Zach
0: Pascal in the slot. And you've still got Greg Ward in that mix. And you've still got Greg Ward in that mix. Jalen Rager's path to being a contributing wide receiver on this team is getting narrower and narrower. Yeah. We said his 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 path to being on this team is at special teams. Right. So this has got to put a little pressure on him. Absolutely. Talk of maybe making Devin Allen this specialist.
1: Absolutely. I think it's got to push him to pick up his game. I think he's got to look and say, Hey, I've got to specialize on the return game as well. And it's not bad having two returners who could also be wide receivers or slot guys, whatever have you. I think (coughs) um, Devin Allen with his speed is probably the more natural returner. And I don't, I don't see him making that jump from an average at best wide receiver at Oregon to an NFL wide receiver. Um, so I would say he probably has the the hand up and being the kick returner, but also you, plenty of teams have put two kick returners back, back deep. So I don't have a problem with them having two kick returners who could also fill in at wide receiver if they need.
0: And the other thing that I love about this is one thing I'm noticing with Coach Nick Sirianni is he loves bringing in a massive stack of, kind of unknown names and almost creating this really intense atmosphere where everyone's going at each other pretty hard. And maybe what you get from a fierce competition of, for example, in this this case, 12 ride receivers on the depth chart, you know, we're going to have to trim that number down. You might get a name that emerges that no one knew, but from the intensity of that competition, You know, they're kind of refined and he is a wide receivers coach, so it makes sense to do it at the wide receiver position,
1: especially from a guy who was a wide receivers coach. So if you're going to throw a lot of prospects at anything, Hey, Nick, here's a dozen guys show us three, four stars. And if he truly is a wide receiver coach, he'll be able to show you that
0: moving on. This season is a bellwether season indicating which direction the Eagles franchise will go for the next several years. If this season is a bad season, expect another four more years of bad seasons. If this season is a good season, expect another four or five more years of good seasons.
1: I think you're right about that. I, I would say, yes, in a lot of ways it is. This is a young core with some older positions that are being trans, transitioned into the era parents.
0: Jason Kelsey to Cam Jurgens. Exactly. Jordan um, Davis to Fletcher Cox.
1: Yep. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham. Okay. To uh,
0: whoever they pick exactly. up. Exactly.
1: Reddick, whoever. Lane Johnson. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know how many years he's got left. So I'd like to see <laughs> that they've got some young talent, but also that their older talent is is going to. And I think these are guys that are open to coaching younger guys to the, to be their replacement. That's what it seems like like. your example, Ryan
0: Tannehill. Exactly. Yeah. With the Titans picking up Malik Willis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think of Eagles, true Eagles, Kelsey Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham. You can't get any greener than that.
0: No, you can't. They definitely bleed green.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I agree. This is, uh, I think it very well could be a bellwether season. I wouldn't be as concerned if, we fell a little below the the expectation.
0: The expectation, because just because we're so young exactly. and inexperienced, exactly.
1: And I don't. And there's think a lot it's of a room for improvement. Exactly. And it's not a huge stretch for us to be competitive this year, to be pushing for the NFC's title, and for this younger court, that's great.
0: All right, Jalen Hurts deserves to be a dark horse candidate for MVP this year, and the reason I ask this question is there's a lot of reports. After how he's wheeling and dealing in the offseason and all the weapons we've added on offense, all of a sudden Hertz has kind of emerged as this dark horse candidate, at least from betting websites. So to give you a little comparison, Josh Allen is the overall fa- favorite to win the MVP this year. Okay, and he's I got can buy that. seven to one odds. All right. Jalen Hurts would be a dark horse candidate with forty to one odds. So do you agree Jalen Hurts deserves to be a dark horse candidate at MVP?
1: I I agree he deserves to be a dark horse candidate. I think 40 to 1 odds are pretty strong for the house. Yeah,
0: he's I would say he's a very dark horse yeah. candidate.
1: <laughs> so that I think I think uh Vegas is looking to pick up some some cash some on easy, some home Philly remote. money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who wouldn't want to see Jalen Ray, or Jalen Hurts, excuse me, as the MVP next year? Because it means you had you're probably in in the Super Bowl. Yeah,
0: it really does. Yeah, but and, and it, you took down all the potential MVPs right. for the most part. You took down Tom Brady,
1: and there are ten quarterbacks you know that have, Alone. have better numbers that, than Jalen Hurts uh to get to that mvp slot so yeah i think this is a vegas line they need to pad their profits and you know what some of us homers are going to put money down on that
0: philly money is good money regardless go. right so <laughs> all right so all that to say you you will not be taking that 40 to one line
1: i i don't think so i'm trying to be a little uh little more uh emotionally C- controlled yeah than, than that
0: all right so speaking of dark horse candidates do you think the Eagles deserve to be a dark horse candidate at Super Bowl contenders this year?
1: All right. Now, the the dark horse isn't as dark as the last question. First of all, though, I think we need to look at our prior priorities. We've got to win the F- NFC
0: East first. You got to get
1: past the Cowboys before you try to get past Which anyone else. We
0: got slaughtered by the Cowboys. We
1: did. And, that, and we have not played well against them in the past years
0: or really uh, any top tier teams. I remember the one statistic yeah. that really stood out to me about the Eagles last year was for all their wins. You know, they were nine and eight on the year. They only beat one team who had a winning record. Yeah. Every yeah. other win they had was against a team with a losing record.
1: And that, that would say they they had an easy schedule. Yeah. They had an, the easiest schedule. They had a last place schedule last year. They're going to have a second-place schedule this year, and I know we're going to talk about it. But, yeah, first we got to win the NFC show that we can beat the Cowboys and beat them consistently. Then we need to still need to go deep into the playoffs because we haven't seen that since the Super Bowl.
0: And that's going to be tough against teams that are led by guys like Matthew Stafford with the Rams, Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. These are all guys we're going to see likely in the second round of the playoffs.
1: Exactly, and that's what's going to make it tough. So,
0: yeah, we're a dark horse Super
1: Bowl. But I I don't think it's a realistic. And 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 let's be realistic about it. This is a young team. We got a young QB. We don't really have playoff experience except for the debacle against Tampa Bay last year. And you know what? Let's use that as a learning experience. Let's learn a little more. Let's get a little deeper into the playoffs. And then we can look at it. That being said, it does put more pressure on Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He has to show that he's the guy. And you know what? I think this is his year. How he's going all, all out.
0: We had a question in the initial podcast as... Howie. um, Given Hertz enough weapons for Hertz to show decisively that he is or isn't the franchise QB.
1: Exactly. And in the last month, Howie has definitively answered that question.
0: Hertz, I've given you enough weapons. Yep. This is Absol- your year. And
1: I would agree. He has given him enough weapons. So Jalen needs to prove that he's the guy. And on top of that, Sirianni and Gannon. They need to show that they they can make big strides in their coaching as well.
0: I think so too. I think you've seen that improvement with Sirianni. Right, I mean, his first season here, he was what four and twelve,
1: um, or was last last year, last year his, was his first, first year. season? But he started off two and five. Okay, we're yelling, "Hey, dude, we got a running game. Go to the running game."
0: And you know what? That's what I like from what I saw of Sirianni last year. That was one of the points that really stuck out to me was he was willing to make midseason season adjustments. Right, and right. I think that's a hallmark of a good coach in the NFL. Absolutely. If you look at Urban Meyer with the Jags last year, a lot of people did not think Urban Meyer would make it very long with the Jaguars, yeah. but one and of they the things, right. they, and they were right, and one of the earmarks of the way Urban Meyer coaches is he just doesn't make adjustments. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's easier to be that autocratic coach in the college system than it is in the in in the pro system. Yeah,
0: the divine word from on high, no one challenges it. Right, exactly. It's hard to be that way in the pros. Yeah,
1: yeah. Nick Saban, you know, had a tough time in the pros. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, a lot of top tier, the best
0: college football coaches
1: just can't make it in the NFL, and yeah. there there's a reason for
0: that. So I think I think you're right. I think Sirianni's got to show something, but I think he has a much longer runway than Hurts, and yes. definitely a longer runway than Gannon. Gannon. Yeah. I would say Gannon is somewhat on the chopping block, only because you saw Sirianni take responsibility for the way we were playing last year. Right. For example, he said, you know what? We do need to utilize the rushing yeah. game. And he utilized it, and it worked. Then we became the second-best rushing team in the NFL. Exactly. Gannon never really took responsibility for the defensive underperformance.
1: He said he didn't have the talent. He yeah. said he
0: didn't have the talent well, on the roster, what? which is something a defensive coordinator can't fix.
1: Right. And now you've got the talent. There can be no question about that. If he said that to the Eagles brass, the Eagles brass just answered him, said, guess what? You got the talent now. Now so you got to perform.
0: I, I think you're right. So that actually brings me to my last yes or no question. Hassan Reddick, Kazeer White, and N'Kobe Dean at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Jordan Davis picked up and Brandon Graham coming back to the defensive line. Now James Bradbury and Darius Slay at corner. Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, cannot blame a lack of talent on the roster as he did last year if the Eagles defense doesn't look good this year.
1: That's an absolute yes. With these moves on D, the Eagles D needs to be one of the top ranked in the entire league. They need to not only be the best in the NFC East, but they got they've got to be a top tier across the entire nfl top tier defense and they should be because they've got that talent so what gannon needs to show is that he can coach this group of talent together as a team and make it gel
0: all right fantastic yes or no section db thanks
1: yeah i love that
0: all right well let's jump into the main show then and tonight's main show is all about the schedule schedule came out on may 12th and first we're going to take a wide angle lens take a look at the schedule as a whole And emphasize a couple highlights and then we're gonna dig into every single game each week that the Eagles have and essentially answer four questions about each game first what are the important storylines going into the game what is the press going to be covering second what are some of the interesting matchups offensively or defensively that we're gonna see in that game and then I'll have you make a game prediction and I'll let you know if I'm uh, tracking with you or going against the grain. All right.
1: Sounds good. I like that. I like that approach.
0: All right. So first, taking a wide-angle lens to the schedule, looking at the schedule as a whole. The Eagles' 9-8 and record was impressive last year, but it was a little undersold in so much as we had a very easy strength of schedule. Right. So nothing actually really changes this year. According to Pro Football Networks, Eagles have the easiest strength of schedule again, coming in at the 32 of 32 spots. That's
1: incredible. And what a
2: beautiful thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is a beautiful thing. And, you know, I think it's an especially beautiful thing for a young team because what this team does not lack is youth, vigor, tenacity, ambition, drive. What they might lack, though, is confidence. Yeah, yeah. And with an easier strength of schedule, especially if you look at the schedule, which we'll get into, right. which is not top-heavy at all, mm-hmm. our first four or five games are rather easy, yeah. we might be able to get this young squad feeling some confidence before they go into some tough games. And
1: believing in themselves. And believing in them themselves. And yeah. I think that
0: could be to our benefit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No doubt.
0: Now, when you look at the NFC East as a whole, the Giants are number 30. We're number 32. The Giants are 30. The Commanders are tied for 28th. So that makes sense. We're all in the NFC East division. We all have a rather easy schedule, especially because we're playing each other twice. Yeah. But one thing that I thought was really interesting is separated from that group, 32, 30, and 28, are the Cowboys coming in at 20th. So they're still on the easier half in terms of strength of schedule, but there's a significant gap between the difficulty level of their schedule and the rest of the nfc east
1: right and as it should be the cowboys won the division last year they were 12 and 5 three games ahead of the eagles in second place so the cowboys are playing a first place schedule and to give you an idea cowboys play tampa bay in that division we play new orleans okay better for us cowboys play cincinnati Against that division, we play Pittsburgh.
0: Much better for us.
1: Exactly. Cowboys play the LA Rams. We play the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Much better for us.
1: So we've got benefit of not having the first-place schedule. Th- those those are three out-of-conference games that are tough. So those could all, th- all three be losses.
0: For the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, whereas we have legit chances of winning two. If not all three. three. Yeah. So that really helps our schedule
0: so one of the questions that we've been floating the past few weeks is with all the off-season moves that the eagles have made there's been this talk that are we inching closer and closer to overtaking the cowboys in the nfc east yeah for you is this the final linchpin this disparity in the strength of schedule that makes you think you know what eagles should now be the favorites to win the nfc east
1: yeah, and I don't know that they should be the favorites, but it makes it a real interesting conversation, and I think it makes it real close. One thing the Eagles need to do is they need to beat up on the teams they need to beat up on. They've got to sweep Washington. They've got to sweep the Giants. Dallas has to do the same thing. If they both do that and the Eagles can split with the Cowboys, I think the Eagles could finish ahead of the Cowboys. I think so. Yeah. So I don't think it's out of the realm to be talking about the Eagles winning the NFC East.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, before the schedules were released, there was a line and it was three to one odds that the Eagles would take the NFC East. Once the schedules were released, that odds changed from three to one to two to one. So it did move the needle a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Do you still like that line? Would that be a line you take two to one odds that the Eagles take the NFC East?
1: You know what? I That's not a bad line. Better line? I wish we had taken some on the Eagles eight and a half wins.
0: That's a great.
1: Sign Brad, Bradbury. All of a sudden we're at nine and a half. Nine and a half is line. the new over under. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I look at how teams have improved. The Eagles dramatically improved with their draft and offseason acquisitions.
0: I think that's the biggest. the biggest thing that, people are almost not looking at is yes, the, the Eagles improved big time. Right. Have the Cowboys really improved?
1: I don't know. I don't see it. The only thing I see, I see Jerry Jones taking a lot of mid central South uh, players. Basically
0: locally grown talent. Yeah. who yeah. They've probably been watching since they're Texas, playing Wee football. Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, you know,
1: you've got a 200 mile radius where he's picking guys up with, and I don't They, they might know more than we do about those guys. We picked up someone from Tulsa, you know, in the no first round. from Tulsa In the first round. No one would have thought that. No. And and Dallas has historically had a good O line. They have. So you gotta believe they know something there. But um on paper, I don't see them getting dramatically better.
0: I really don't. And I would say there's an argument that potentially they've gotten a little worse. I mean they've yeah, lost absolutely. some incredible players, Amari Cooper, yeah. Cedric Wilson. I think they lost to Marco DeMarcus Lawrence as well. Yeah. And they haven't replaced those yeah. players. Who
1: did they replace? And what they haven't No, you know, and we looked at the Eagles, they've gotten better or at minimum <laughs> stayed the same at every position and the position they stayed the same at. We have the same guy who should be, you know, improving with one, one more year of experience.
0: That's Marcus Epps at safety.
1: Yeah. Abs hurts at quarterback and hurts at quarterback Our running backs.
0: Yep. Moving on, looking at the schedule, the Eagles have five primetime games this year. Vikings, Cowboys, at Houston against the Texans, Commanders, and the Green Bay Packers. Now, what's interesting about this is of the five primetime games, four are home at Lincoln Financial. The only one that's away is the one in Houston against the Texans. Okay. So I first wanted to ask you, which primetime game are you most excited for? You know, it's got it it's always got to
1: be Eagles Cowboys. But the Commanders at home with the return of Carson Wentz?
0: That's rich, man. I mean, it, that is a rich storyline. That
1: could be especially if Washington is still relevant at that time. Can you imagine them being relevant and coming into the link and him Carson Wentz possibly leading the Washington whatever's over the Eagles?
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think the first game against the Commanders is in Washington, which is a huge scheduling mistake. I really think they yeah, should have had week
1: three in Washington.
0: Yeah, it yeah. should have been week three in Philly. Because yeah. Wentz's first game against the Eagles should have been in Philly. Yeah. But nevertheless, if 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 the Washington Commanders take that game in week three and they remain relevant when they come into Philly. I mean, that is going to be a huge game to watch.
1: Nothing bigger than that. Absolutely. The one I don't understand is at the Texans.
0: Yeah. Now, I I don't really understand why that's a a primetime game. When I think of the Texans, all the faces that come to my mind are faces that are no longer Texans.
1: Absolutely. I
0: think J.J. Watt, he's with Arizona. I think Deshaun Watson He's with the Cleveland Browns. Right. I think DeAndre Hopkins, he's with the Arizona Cardinals. Right. So when I think of Houston Texans, I think of all those guys, and they no longer wear Texans uniforms. Yeah, and who's, the, who's the face of the Texans now? I have
1: no idea. I don't even know who their quarterback is. Neither do I. Yeah. That coming in week nine, two weeks off, the only thing I can think of is <laughs> maybe the Eagles, they're looking at the Eagles, and I I could see this getting off to such a strong uh, start week one beating Detroit maybe losing to Minnesota but then beating Washington Jacksonville Arizona who knows maybe they lose to them beating Dallas at home that's four and two going in the bye come off the bye Pittsburgh makes you five and two <coughs> at that point they're five and two they're probably a game maybe even two games ahead of Dallas and then maybe the networks are thinking hey you've got the Eagles this up-and-coming team they're going to dethrone Dallas and the NFC East this year.
0: Wow. So you're saying that this primetime game between the Eagles and the Texans could potentially be a stage set for the national spotlight to be shown on the Eagles? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, you bet. That's what the second national spotlight on them, and the fact that the others are. A little further down the road might be, hey, they're, th- they're they're looking at the schedule.
0: They're looking at the schedule and saying, this is the week that the Eagles come out, dominate the Texans, and say, we've arrived. Exactly. This is our year.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So, in addition to the five primetime games, we also have four road games played on a short week. One at the Commanders, another at the Texans, another at the Colts, and another at the Cowboys. Now, there's two reasons why you don't want to play road games on a short week. First mm-hmm. off, NFL games are absolutely brutal on the body. Yeah. It takes a full week to recover.
2: Absolutely. And
0: a lot of the times, guys aren't fully recovered, even within that full right. week that they have. So when you have only four days to recover a short week, you're talking about playing feeling bad, feeling banged up. Yeah. And that really hinders your ability to go all out. Right. In addition to that, it's really important that you have the full seven days to actually scout a team, create a plan, and then implement that plan in practice. Right. So short weeks are a big disadvantage for teams. And if you look at other team schedules in the NFL, most teams have zero or one Short weeks leading into road games. Eagles have four. Yeah. Is that a real disadvantage? Do they have a legitimate gripe with the NFL on this one? Absolutely.
1: I think that's going to be something tough in the schedule. They're going to need to. You need an experienced coach. I think we have good coaches, but we've got inexperienced coaches. I don't know that they've been through that. You need depth, number one. And I think we're starting to show that we have that, but the one place that I'm concerned and it's bit us in the past is the offensive line. Yes. We've got some depth, not a ton and we've had injuries and that has affect our gameplay.
0: And when injuries happen, they typically happen on those short weeks.
1: Right. Right. So that's my biggest concern with that is the depth, especially at O-line and the inexperience.
0: Another interesting thing about our schedule this year we have nine home games compared to eight last year. We were not so hot at home last year, were we?
1: No, and that you know what? That's not right. That's something we've got to work on as a team, as an organization. People should not want to come into the link. I mean, it used to be that way, and it, and it no longer is. We were, I think, six and three on the road last year. Yeah, which would make us what three and five at home, three and
0: five or two and five at home. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's that. That's not right, especially with the way the Eagles fans turn out. You know, I and it, I, I want to see us improve that home schedule wins loss that home win loss schedule, and you know what? Let's make it a little uncomfortable <laughs> on Carson Wentz coming back into the link. Agreed. Let's make it a little uncomfortable on Dak because we used to do that with Troy Aikman. You know, he still talks about it when he's broadcasting games. Philly was a tough place to go into. We need need to rebuild that.
0: Totally agree. All right. Well, thanks for that wide-angle lens at the schedule as a whole. Oh, yeah. Now let's go week by week into these individual games. Starting with week one, we're traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. I think one of the storylines you can be looking for for this game is it's going to be our first look at Aiden Hutchinson, the second overall pick in the NFL draft. And the Detroit Lions loved picking him up because he was from the University of Michigan, born and raised in Michigan. He was a hometown guy. Yeah. And they kept him home.
1: Yeah. I love that storyline. And that's great. Um, I don't want them do well uh, well against us, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know it is a touching uh, storyline. What concerns me about the Lions in Week One is we in the past, we have been slow to the start of the season, and I know mm-hmm. the Lions have been a team in the past where they beat us early in the season. When you we locked that, you wrote that in as a win you yeah.
0: got to win that game. Because we're such a young team and we need to build up a little confidence, it's good that we have some easier games like week one against the Lions yeah. in the beginning of the schedule. But it also is against us in a little bit in so much as if you ever look at weak teams, typically when they win their games, it's in the beginning of the season yeah. when hopes are high. Right. It's when they get into the mid to later half of the season, when they kind of realize their playoff hopes are in shambles. Teams have been able to scout them. Teams have been able to scout yeah. them. I imagine they begin to think, well, you know, the more we lose, the higher we have of a draft pick You're that right. comes into play. Um, it's much easier to beat down and out teams in from weeks eleven onwards, absolutely than it is from weeks one to five. Yeah, and so that that does scare me a little bit against what should be an easy win. I mean, I think we took out the Lions forty four to six last yeah. year. Yeah, so this should be rather simple, but it might not be. Some of the interesting matchups that I'm looking forward. I think the Lions' passing game is underrated going into this season. Mm-hmm. I think even though Matthew Stafford replaced Jared Goff at QB with the LA Rams, I think Goff is still uh, an elite level quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And the Lions picked up DJ Shark, a top ten wide receiver in the NFL, in free agency. And they also used their first round draft pick, their other one after they picked up Hutchinson, to pick up the wide receiver star from Alabama, Jamison Williams.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great pick.
0: So I could really see this being an acid test right off the bat for the Eagles' secondary. Yeah, is Goff going to pick them apart? Because if Goff picks them apart. With Shark and Jamison Williams, we got no shot going up yeah, against teams it, it like could be a Aaron Rodgers. And
1: absolutely, it could be a long season if Goth picks them. Uh, Goth picks them apart with that. And I agree with you. I think it will be an early test. I think it will be a test that they survive. But yeah, if if that doesn't go well, that my outlook on the season changes
0: dramatically. Yeah, uh, looking to pick up a safety and yeah in the middle of the season. <laughs> right. So game prediction, going into Detroit, do we come out with the win or loss? Win. That's got to be a win. 1-0, baby. Yeah. All right. Going into week two, the Minnesota Vikings come on a Monday night primetime game to Philadelphia. So a couple storylines that are worth looking into. First off, how does a young Eagles team play in primetime? I might have liked to see
1: the Houston game being the first primetime one. That's
0: a good point. Yeah.
1: Minnesota is a tough team. Minnesota is tough. You've got an experienced QB, Justin Jefferson. That's going to be one of the storylines, clearly.
0: I imagine comparisons with Jalen Rager, if Jalen Rager is even on the team at this point, are going to come up with Justin Jefferson coming into the link.
1: This one scares me a little bit. And experience is the greatest teacher. Cousins has some experience.
0: I think another storyline to look out for is one of the trends I've seen in the NFL is head coaches seem to be getting younger and younger. Yeah, Think of Sean McVay. Think of the Cliff Kingsbury out at Arizona. Right. Think of our own coach, Nick Sirianni. He's only 40 years old. He was 39 last year. Yeah,
1: everyone's looking for the next Sean McVay.
0: Everyone's looking for the next Sean McVay. And the closest candidate is actually the Minnesota Vikings' new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Much like Sean McVay, he was a backup QB his entire career. Okay. And it's usually backup QBs who are the ones who know the game the best because yeah. they've been behind the clipboard.
1: Yeah, yeah, they've been studying the game. We've benefited from that in the past. You think of Doug Peterson.
0: Oh, yeah, a backup QB a his backup entire QB career. A QB
1: in Philly, comes back, coaches Philly, year two, wins a Super wins Bowl. Wins a Super Bowl. Yeah, so that that could be a real scary proposition for the Eagles. They've got a backup quarterback, quarterback who's now... Head coach, Coach.
0: young guy, supposed to be Sean McVay, 2.0.
1: And he's already got some established talent.
0: Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, a strong offensive line.
1: That's that's a scary combination because I don't think Peterson could have said, (laughs) hey, I had that talent going into year two.
0: I agree. And in addition to that, Peterson came in after Chip Kelly, and Chip Kelly was very much offensive-minded. Right. Whereas – Kevin O'Connell is coming in after Zeke Zimmer and Zeke Zimmer from all the reports pretty much only cared about the defense. Right. So you could be looking at a a Minnesota Vikings team. Who's going to continue their tradition of tough defense and then add a a Sean McVay like offense. Yeah. This could be a really good team.
1: Minnesota, their, their offense has been inconsistent. And if O'Connell brings some consistency to that offense, Minnesota could push green
0: Bay. Some interesting matchups in this game that I see. Dalvin Cook, his bread and butter in college football at Florida State was between the tackles. He was widely known as the best between the tackles halfback. And if the secondary is really tested by Goff in the first week, I think that Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings offensive line really is the acid test for our interior D-line. How good is Fletcher Cox, Jordan Hargrave, and Jordan Davis?
1: That's a good question. Can I mean, they
0: stop Cook between the tackles? Yeah. And if they do, who who else is going to be able to run between the tackles against us? Yeah. All right. So game prediction: uh, Do we go two and zero, or is it one and one after we play the Vikings? You know what? I'm let's play it conservative. I, while I'm we're playing going
1: conservative. Through. If I got my Eagles Homer cap on, I say the Eagles win. Easy victory. But I'm playing conservative. I, I, I'm
0: I'm I'm saying they lose this one. we we'll count this as a loss one yeah. one. They keep it tight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's a blowout.
1: You know what? The other thing is, um it'll be interesting to see Andrew Booth. Yeah, it really will.
0: You know, there was talk.
1: Because I was looking at him for a potential corner spot with the Eagles through the draft.
0: We knew that Sauce and Stingley were going to go quick. And they went even quicker than we thought. Oh, yeah. They went three and four or two and three, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But one of the guys that we were looking for at cornerback, perhaps in that 15 position or 18 position in that first round, was Andrew Booth out of Clemson. And he ended up going in the second round. Yeah to the Vikings. So yeah. it will be interesting to see uh you know what what's his talent level there at cornerback. I'm sure he starts that game. Going into week 3, we are away at the Washington Commanders and we'll also play them again at home in week 10. Obvious storyline, Carson Wentz versus the Eagles. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: What are some of the headlines going to be going Oh into man. this week?
1: It's a shame that's not swapped and we're home against Wentz week three. That in is a away shame. Week 10. But you know what? It might even add more to the drama that we have them home in week 10. If Washington is still relevant.
0: In week 10? In week 10. And Wentz, let's say he puts up incredible numbers in week three. Right. And the Commanders take out the Eagles. Yeah. And Philadelphia fans are stewing for seven weeks with how Wentz took it to him. We are going to
1: be rabid.
0: We are going to be rabid. Oh. I imagine every Eagles fan is going to be wearing their Nick Foles jersey. Oh, to you bet. Game.
1: Oh, yeah. That could send Carson Wentz over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine 60,000 Nick Foles Jerseys yeah, in jerseys. The, yeah, the link when he comes back.
0: Uh, uh, that is going to be uh, post-traumatic stress disorder activated. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I'm a Wentz fan. I like the guy. I think he gave everything he could. The guy broke his back for us. Literally. You know, tore his ACL. I think he had some leadership issues which, sure. in the locker room. Yeah, I, it's going to be
0: interesting. So some of the interesting matchups in this game. I think Washington usually has a decent O-line. And if you look at Wentz's career in the NFL, he had a good line in Philadelphia, but that line was often injured, and so it had holes in it, so it ended up being a not-so-good line for him. Right. He didn't have the best line at Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he's one of the most often pressured quarterbacks. Yeah. So I'll be really interested to see, do our improvements that we made at our edge rushers end up resulting in us getting to Wentz frequently in this game
1: you know that's a good question and you look at Washington's O-line is could that be a reason why Washington picked him up you know we've got a strong O-line we're protecting our quarterback we think that's what he needs to excel
0: right and he's never had it so yeah that would be a perfect fit
1: yeah yeah so that yeah that could be uh, that could be a factor right there.
0: And they clearly have once in mind. They picked up Jahan Dotson, yeah. 15th overall, mm-hmm. wide receiver in the first round. Right. So, and yeah. that
1: was a guy I think the Packers, a lot of mock drafts had the uh, Packers going Picking for. up for Aaron yeah.
0: Rodgers because they lost Devontae Smith.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Interesting. So they've they clearly been Devontae thinking Adams, about Wentz, right. Devontae Adams. So game prediction, win or lose. That's a win. That's a win. So we go to 2-1, and one, right. week four against the Jaguars. Obvious storyline here. If week three is the return of Wentz, week four is the return of our head coach, Doug Peterson.
1: Absolutely.
0: So standing ovation or cold shoulder when Doug Peterson comes into the link?
1: I got to believe it's standing ovation. Look at Doug Peterson versus Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, or on the Sixers side,
0: Doc Doc Rivers.
1: Yeah, there's a guy who is just blatantly anti fan Doug Peterson was never like that.
0: No, he really no, wasn't. I mean, the worst one
1: of the gentlemen's in the league.
0: He really was. The worst thing you could say about him was he never really answered interview questions. Right. You know, right. He never really tipped his hand. But that was more of a strategic position, yeah. than it was anything to do with you know having animosity towards the fans. I really don't think Peterson's deal was with the fans at all. I think right. there was just contention between him and the front office.
1: Absolutely, I you know, totally agree.
0: I think when he won that Super Bowl, he was thinking, "I'm going to be given a little more charge over." this entire team i've yeah. proven myself sure and far from that roseman kind of took power out of his hands yeah yeah
1: but the next three years were not good i think he gets a standing ovation i think uh, the eagles fans say hey thanks you brought us you, you got us a super bowl thank you
0: if he doesn't that's a pretty Philadelphia thing uh, yeah, yeah that I, would, I don't that want would to g- go there <laughs> no we don't <laughs> so another storyline to look for in this game jaguars have had the last two first overall picks Trevor Lawrence at QB from Clemson. And then most recently, Travon Walker, defensive end from Alabama. How do you think these first overall picks perform for the Jaguars in this game?
1: I, I think it's another good test, an early test. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's, you think of in the old days, my days, you'd bring a quarterback up. you he, He's starting.
0: Right, right away.
1: Freshman year, first year. Okay. Absolutely. And you 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 know he's going to take some bumps and bruises, throw more picks than TDs. That's just part of the maturing
0: process. It's like a catalyst for that maturing yeah, process.
1: It's a little different nowadays, but I give the Jaguars credit that they let Trevor Lawrence go out there. He got beat up pretty bad. He
0: did get beat up he bad. He had some rough games. He did.
1: But you know what? The last game of the season, who does he knock out of the playoffs?
0: Oh, that's right. Carson
1: Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. I
0: forgot about that. Who would that? have seen
1: that? I mean, they were everyone was saying, oh, it's a lay down the Colts are in. And the guy's got some legs. He's got an arm, obviously. So I think Trevor Lawrence is, is going to make some plays.
0: And I think Lawrence benefits from Urban Meyer being taken out of there and now yeah. Doug Peterson coming in. Yeah. Everyone kind of knew that Urban Meyer was going to be a disaster in the NFL. Right. In part because he fits that mold of being an autocratic coach. Exactly. And you just can't be that way in the NFL. You can't do
1: that in the NFL. Yeah. That that can work in the collegiate ranks. but Yeah. yeah.
0: It's not going to work in the NFL. So I think Lawrence benefits not just from having Urban Meyer out of that Jaguars organization. Right. But having a backup QB like Doug Peterson coming in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And for Trayvon Walker, you
0: know, it'll give him a test to see if they can uh, protect Hurts. It was interesting because a lot of people had either Kevin Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson going first overall if a D-end was picked. So it was a little bit of a surprise when the Jaguars took Travon Walker before Hutchinson or Thibodeau were taken. So I'll kind of be interested to see where was the thought process on the Jaguars and did they have some insider information? Yeah, what were they thinking
2: of doing there?
0: Another uh, interesting storyline to look out for. Trevor Lawrence is being reunited with his halfback, who we won the national uh, championship with at Clemson, Travis Etienne. Yeah. And if you watch highlights from when uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne play together, you see two things. One, Trevor Lawrence, surprisingly, is a huge run threat. Yeah. And two, Travis Etienne loves running wheel routes out of the backfield and Trevor Lawrence hitting him. And so I think that the matchups to watch this game, can our speedy linebackers, one, contain Trevor Lawrence and his run game, right? and two, cover Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield running a wheel route?
1: It will be a good test of our linebackers.
0: This is an interesting matchup because we've said one of the reasons why we think the linebacker position has evolutionized recently is because the quarterback position evolutionized. The quarterback position was more of a pure passing position. Right. Whereas dual threat QBs have become almost more common than pure passer QBs in the NFL. Exactly. And with a quarterback presenting a rushing threat, you've had to upgrade your linebacker's speed so as to put a QB spy at linebacker. Right. In addition, halfbacks are becoming less running focus and more passing focus, kind of like the Christian McCaffrey model where right. you want a halfback to be able to catch coming out of the backfield. Absolutely. And whose job is it to cover the back coming out of the backfield? Usually it's the linebackers. And if you want a linebacker to stick with a halfback on a running route, he's got to have some speed.
2: Absolutely. So
0: I think the Eagles are following that trend of speedy linebackers really well. Yeah. And I think this is the game to kind of see – is is this what we need, speed at the linebacker position, and um, will it pay off for us? Yeah,
1: I think it'll be a good test, definitely.
0: So game prediction. I'm ta- still
1: going with a win. Yeah,
0: yeah, a win. And we, did we take out <laughs> Doug Peterson, but in style. We
1: take out Doug, absolutely.
0: <clears throat> then our schedule gets pretty tough. We go into week five against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Some of the storylines to look out for in this game. First off, I didn't know this, but the Cardinals built – a new stadium, somewhat recently, State Farm Stadium, and we are 0 and 4 all-time record at this stadium.
1: Ugh, that's not good.
0: No. Another thing to note about the Cardinals is both Cliff Kingsbury, historically their head coach, and also their QB Kyler Murray always start incredibly fast. I think the Cardinals were the best team in the NFL through the first eight or nine weeks last year. Yeah, I think
1: they were undefeated or one loss through nine or 10 weeks.
0: And then they just fell off big time at the end. So that's a little concerning in that we're coming against them in week five when they're probably at the, at the peak of their stride. Right. 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 The only thing that brings me comfort is Deandre Hopkins, their wide receiver. Number one will not play this game. Yeah. He was suspended last year for violating some Banned Substance Act, and it actually extends until week six. Wow. So we kind of get lucky in that regard. Yeah,
1: we caught a break there because he's a top-tier talent.
0: One of the storylines I'm most looking forward to is Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts have similar styles, right? They're both undersized dual-threat QBs. They're also the only QBs, this is an interesting stat line, with 750-plus rushing yards and 10-plus rushing touchdowns in the league.
2: Wow.
1: Uh, Hertz had more than 10 rushing TDs. He, he had to have had our most rushing. You know what? He was, our, he was our number one rusher last year. He was. He? Yeah, I think he yeah, was. So, all right, it makes sense that he had the most rushing <laughs> TDs. I, I, I didn't even think of that,
2: though.
0: In addition to just a clear comparison of who's better, Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts, There were some rumors in the offseason. They only lasted for a couple days. But some rumors that Kyler Murray wasn't happy with his situation in Arizona. Right. And then there were some talks in Philly about potentially making a move to pick up Kyler Murray when we were looking to pick up Russell Wilson or another brand-name QB. So I got to ask you, who outperforms whom in this game? I would love to see Jalen
1: outperform Kyler Murray. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that would happen because – I don't know how toxic that situation is in Arizona.
0: Yeah, Murray might really want out of Arizona yeah, and yeah. just couldn't couldn't swing it. And you look at... Baker Mayfield in Cleveland.
1: Exactly. Mayfield in Cleveland and from the Texans...
0: Oh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun
1: Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Guy sat out an entire year, basically. One thing I'm concerned about with the NFL is it's kind of turning into the NBA like that.
0: Yeah, it does have a little bit of an NBA feel, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I, I, I don't think that's a good thing for the game. So I would love to see Jalen Hurts outperform Kyler Murray. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Murray's playing for either his next team or his next contract. And Hurts isn't playing for nothing either. I mean, he's playing for to be the Eagles QB.
0: Another interesting storyline to follow is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, yeah, who's been known for connecting with Lamar Jackson at Baltimore for the last few years, got traded from Baltimore. The Cardinals picked him up, and Kyler Murray was actually teammates with Hollywood Brown at okay. Oklahoma. So that could be a connection that Murray really utilizes in this game where he doesn't have Hopkins. Yeah, and,
1: and uh, that's not a big uh... Scheme change for Hollywood Brown.
0: No, you know, no, it isn't at all.
1: Threat quarterback to the next dual threat quarterback.
0: You got it. Lamar Jackson to Kyler Murray. I'm um, also, this is where Zach Ertz went. So we'll see Zach Ertz.
1: He immediately established a rapport with Kyler Murray.
0: The other storyline is JJ Watt is in Arizona as well. Yeah. I didn't think we would ever see him in another uniform than the Texans. Yeah. But he's in Arizona now. The question is. Is he healthy by week five? I mean, he has not been able to put together a full season in a long yeah. time.
1: Better chance of being healthy in week, week five, five than week, week twelve 10 or something. Yeah.
0: Game prediction: win or lose? Do we change this zero and four all-time record at State Farm Stadium to a one and four?
1: No, I think the trend continues.
0: It's hard to pick against the Cardinals early in the yeah, season. Exactly. After week five, we go back home into week six against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah. I think the major storyline to follow here is really all about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He is 0-2 against the Cowboys, and they have been ugly losses. Right. In addition to being 0-2 against the Cowboys, I think the most interesting matchup in this game is Jalen Hurts versus the league leader for interceptions, Trayvon Diggs, who took Hurts last year for a pick six and pretty much shut Devontae Smith down completely that game.
1: Some of that's got to be in Hertz's head, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of talk of, you know, Dak Prescott is clearly the best quarterback in the NFC East right now. Right. But with the weapons that <clears throat> have been acquired by the Eagles in the offseason, does Hurts make a, a bid at dethroning Dak as the best, right. best QB in the NFC East?
1: At a minimum, he's got to close that gap.
0: Yeah, the gap's got to close, and again, for all the talk about how the gap between the Eagles and the Cowboys isn't very much, I mean, yes, we both got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs last year. When the Eagles played the Cowboys last year, the gap was clear. It was. And unless we have closed that gap significantly, I would say we almost have to take this game at home because I don't see us taking it in Dallas.
1: Yeah, I think we have to. If we're really going to be contenders this year, we got to sweep Washington and the Giants. And we absolutely have to at least split with Dallas. So we need this to be our, our first signature win of the season. Hertz needs to play well. Sirianni needs to put a good game plan together. And our defense has to show that they are what we've invested in them.
0: I think that's the other storyline to look out for here. The other matchup. I think we could potentially have the best rush defense with that interior D-line of Hargrave, Cox, and Davis. Yeah. But the Cowboys are known for having a really good O-line. Yeah. In addition to having a good running game with Zeke and Pollard. So do we shut down the run game? Does our defensive line for the first time in like a decade overpower the Cowboys' offensive line? And Prescott has been known to not be pressured because of how strong that O-line is. Right. Do we finally get some pressure on Prescott? Yeah. So this is very much going to be a battle of the trenches.
1: And it can be a statement from the Eagles early on in the season to not just the Cowboys, but to the entire, entire league. league. Yeah.
0: We, we've arrived. Exactly. We're, we're not... ready
1: to take Dallas off the throne, and, and we're going to be playoff contenders.
0: There's a lot of talk with how much speed we've added at the linebacker position and right. how much strength we've added at the D-line position. Yeah with Cox and Hargrave and Jordan Davis, mm-hmm. the Eagles may be running on in certain games a 3-4 defense right. with three down linemen and four linebackers right. rather than a 4-3, which is more conventional. Mm-hmm. And if we can still shut the run game down with three guys on the line and yeah. four linebackers I, against a team like Dallas...
1: With that, two premier running backs. I mean... Two, Zeke's not the guy he used to be, but he's still a he's premier. He's still a premier running,
0: running back. back, and, and Pollard's Pollard, probably number one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's probably our number one runner.
0: That would be awesome to see. It would be. So we go from week six against the Cowboys.
1: To a week seven bye, right? Don't we go from yes. the Cowboys into the bye?
0: Yes, then we go into the bye. And right after the bye, week eight, we have the Steelers in Philly. Now, growing up Every memory that I have of a Steelers game is one of pain. Not just not right. wanting to watch the game. Absolutely. Like every time we play the Steelers, we just look ugly. But the Steelers are actually zero and nine in Philadelphia since 1966. That's
1: shocking to me. I would not have called that. They must be like 12 and 0 in Pittsburgh or
2: something.
0: <laughs> For sure, and it, it must be really ugly. Yeah. Some of the storylines going into this game. First off, this is clearly a down year for the Steelers. Right. Big Ben is no longer their QB. They've lost some incredible talent at the wide receiver position. Juju Mm -hmm. Smith Schuster's not coming back. Right. I don't think their quarterback position is fully figured out. Right. I don't see the Bears' acquisition of Mitch Trubisky really filling the gap.
1: Yeah, that's a stopgap at best.
0: A stopgap at best. And I don't know. I think they've drafted Kenny Pickett to be their guy. Yeah. But there's no guarantee that he is going to be there, guy.
1: And that's a great story. A guy from Pitt, you know. Oh, you got to love it, man. Steelers. I I think Howie said he didn't want to make the Russell Wilson mistake when they picked Hurts. Yes. But I think this is Pittsburgh doesn't want to make the Dan, the Dan Marino, Marino mistake. mistake. Yeah.
0: Dan Marino went to Pittsburgh Central Catholic.
1: And, and you, Pitt. And, and you, Pitt. And then goes to Dolphins, Hall of Fame quarterback, leads him to the Super Bowl early yeah. in his career.
0: The Steelers are not the team that they have been over the last decade. I think the Steelers are very much in a rebuild year. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. He was really close in the regular season last year. I would be so bold as to say, this is going to be Tomlin's first losing year.
1: I think that's a good call. You think of how dominant Cincinnati is, who knows what Cleveland's going to be.
0: And not to mention, you still got the Ravens in the uh, AFC North. too. Yeah.
1: If I think it's a year that, that, He's going to have that losing record. There's a good shot it's going to be this year.
0: Some of the interesting matchups to look for in this game. I think the most interesting one is, you know, the Steelers have TJ Watt, defensive MVP, 20 sacks last year. Are we going to be able to protect Hurts from the sack master TJ Watt? Yeah. And can Sirianni make the adjustments knowing he's going in against a team that has uh, this caliber level of a player? Yeah. Can we put... Our uh, Sega Whiteside on, on the end to help as an extra blocker. Please
1: don't tell me our <laughs> future is dependent <laughs> upon Whiteside being a premier tight end. I I get it. He's a good blocker, but that's a good blocker for a wide receiver. That's a lot different than
0: say, a tight he's end a trying to stop yeah. TJ Watt.
1: Exactly. Well, but who knows? You know what? If he makes a spot and shuts
0: DJ Watt down, then it, it, he might have his spot permanently exactly. on, this, on this roster. Yeah. <clears throat> so game prediction, does 0-9 uh, go to 0-10 for the Steelers?
1: Yeah, this trend continues. I don't see the Steelers winning this one.
0: I agree. Just like Wawa is better than Sheets, the, Eagle, <laughs> the Eagles will prove better than the Steelers.
1: Wawa is better than Sheets and Park and Eat together
2: combined.
0: And all that. <laughs> All right. So yins. The, yins. <laughs> so then we uh, then we go out to Houston for our Week 9 primetime matchup. Main storyline, how does a young team play in the primetime? Right. I think this is a much less pressure-filled situation exactly. than playing the Vikings in primetime on a Monday night. Yeah.
1: And, and I you think... know what? This might be a gift from the league. Yeah. The like league. hey,
0: sorry for those four short away weeks that were given yeah. you. Yeah.
1: But here's your what? third primetime game where you can really show your You've arrived on the along. national stage. Yeah, and set you set yourself and the league up for the final two primetime games.
0: Yeah. Some of the storylines I'm interested. Again, all the faces that I knew from the Texans are gone. Yeah. JJ Watt, Dejon Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. But It was interesting because going into the draft, the Texans needed to really strengthen their secondary, just like the Eagles. Right. We ended up not strengthening our secondary at all. But the Texans actually used their first and second round draft picks. They used their second overall pick or third overall pick to pick up Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. And... It'll be cool to see how he performs. That was obviously a cornerback we wanted to pick up,
2: right? Absolutely, especially
0: because he actually announced that you know he had some affiliation with Philadelphia, would love to come to Philadelphia right. if the opportunity presented itself, yep. but he got picked up real early,
1: and, and earlier than even we expected.
0: Yeah, earlier than even we expected, and before Sauce. Yeah, which I don't think many I people. Did, I expected didn't expect it at all. But they also used their second round to pick up Jalen Peter, one of the high ranking safeties. So their secondary is going to be pretty tough. I'm interested to see, is the secondary a position that you can build on, off of high draft picks? That's a good question. And because we may have to build our secondary with high draft picks right. next year. Yeah. Did the Texans Bradbury do it successfully? Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they didn't, then maybe we're looking for acquisitions and free agency, Yeah, not necessarily draft and high.
1: Yeah, so our brass needs to be looking at this game and see, hey, can you do it that way? Because we very well may have to. And those two picks, obviously they're defensively focused, but you also think of who they let go. Deshaun Watson, JJ DeAndre Watt. Hopkins, they yep. let two premier offensive, offensive guys go. go. They're, they're dumping some payroll. So they're That's clearly exactly what in a they're rebuilding doing. They're in a rebuild year. Yeah. So we got to take it. of We got to beat up on the Texans. Absolutely. Yeah. And prime time and show the world.
0: So after week nine, we then go to week 10, where Washington comes into the link. Wentz's return to Lincoln Financial oh, Field. Yeah. All the storylines we've already talked about.
1: Absolutely. And it can be so incredible if Washington... Is still relevant in week 10.
0: After week 10, we probably go into our toughest stretch of the year. Yeah. And it begins week 11 against the Colts. The Colts come to the link. Some of the storylines to look for in this game, I think the Colts upgraded at the QB position. Yeah. Picking up Matt Ryan from the Falcons. However, the one team that Matt Ryan really struggles to play, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are actually... The team that present him every year with his worst QB rating—he has an 81.9 QB rating against the Eagles.
1: You know that's unreal, and I'm I'm wondering if he's enjoying too much home cooking because he's a, he's a local guy. He's a he's a Philly guy. Yeah, not just a Philly guy, he's a an Exton, uh, uh, Chester
0: County guy. Chester
1: County guy, and I remember the throw to Julio Jones. Our 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 in the
0: playoffs a couple years yeah. ago.
1: 2017 it was our uh, super bowl year that pass gets completed and and i'm not saying matt ryan threw a bad pass but, but now our run in the playoffs we're is over we are yeah. done yeah i don't know what it is that we've got his number but it it's good we do even with that though i think this is going to be a tough game
0: i had said that one of the hidden gems in the draft was this super tall six foot seven six foot eight tight end jelani woods From the University of Virginia exactly he played his first three years in college football at I think Oklahoma and didn't really make a very big difference was a backup but then he transferred to Virginia in his senior year and had a a lights out season and I was excited to see where he ended up and sure enough the Colts picked him up in the third round so I'll be interested to see uh, what kind of performance he puts on
1: yeah and Colts have uh, traditionally made tight ends part of their offense
0: One of the interesting matchups that you see here has got to be Sirianni versus Frank Reich. Absolutely. Sirianni was the wide receivers coach for the Indianapolis Colts, so his boss was essentially Frank Reich. This is kind of Padawan versus Master kind of thing.
1: Right. I think Reich learned a little. They moved on from Carson Wentz real quick. They did. Say what you want about whether there's some great chemistry with the Eagles between reich and wentz it just didn't work out last year there reich is a guy who's who's taken the colts they're a relevant team now so and i think that was a great move bringing a veteran quarterback like matt ryan and i think he's a guy who can control the situation
0: the other interesting matchup to look out for is jonathan taylor the colts running back yeah made his living between the tackles he's a really big physical running back and again our defensive line, our interior D-line is incredible. And if they can shut Jonathan Taylor down, there's really no one who's going to be able to run between between the tackles on us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this will be probably the premier rushing attack that we're going to see.
0: So does uh, Sirianni take out Reich, or does the master teach the Padawan a lesson?
1: Yeah, I think the master teaches the Padawan a Podwana lesson in this one. You add Matt Ryan. They really didn't
0: lose anyone. In the offseason.
1: Exactly. And I think they added something with Matt Ryan, the, the experience he's got. Padwan will have to wait another year or two.
0: There you go. So then we go into week 12 where the Green Bay Packers come and visit us. I think some of the storylines that I'm interested in this game first off, the Packers give up Devonte Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the right. league. And Everyone is speculating that Aaron Rodgers is furious with this move. Right. But he can be assuaged if the Packers use a first-round draft pick to pick up a wide receiver. What do the Packers do? They pick up a linebacker. Yeah. So everyone's wondering, what are the Packers doing? Rodgers is their franchise QB, but that really doesn't seem like they have his back. But they then pick up early in the second round the wide receiver that we were personally most excited for. And that is Christian Watson from North Dakota State University. The guy is a freak of an athlete. Yeah. He's six foot four, 235 pounds, right. and runs a 4'3'6 40 yard dash. Yeah. And I am very interested to see what he can do as a pair with Rodgers. I think you combine the raw athletic talent that Christian Watson has with the strategic mind that Rodgers has, yeah. and you could potentially have one of the best wide receivers in, in the league for a long time to come.
1: I thought that was the best second-round pickup. Aaron Rodgers can make wide receivers. Jordy Nelson. There was a guy who came out of nowhere, and Rodgers turns him into the best wide receiver in the game. He's just He makes wide receivers. I think he coaches them. They learn from him. If he can do that with Christian Watson, with that kind of size and speed, there is going to be success right off the bat, year one, between that combination.
0: We're talking about how we want big wide receivers. Right well, On the flip side, we also want big cornerbacks. Yeah. And I don't think we've really picked up any very sizable cornerbacks. Right. Even if we have good cornerbacks, if we don't have cornerbacks that have size to them, how are they going to do when they have to cover wide receivers like D.K. Metcalf, right. Mike Williams? And I think Christian Watson is going to be one of those guys who is going to win every contested ball. Yeah. So can our cornerbacks cover Watson, or is he just going to be wide open all game?
1: And the scary thing is is he will have 11 weeks to Before see, that. Yeah. In the Packers' offensive that.
0: system. Yeah. yeah. The other interesting storyline that I want to – keep tabs on is almost every NFL draft analyst had Nakobe Dean at linebacker from Georgia being taken in the first round early in the first round and they all had him going before his teammate and fellow linebacker Quay Walker right but then the Packers go and in the first round not only don't take a wide receiver they take Quay Walker ahead of Nicobe Dean who we end up getting in the third round right So I'll be interested to see what did the Packers see in Walker that made them take Walker before they took Dean?
1: That's a good question. You could just say simply that Georgia had the best defense. Their linebackers were their strength. For some reason, everyone had a question about N'Kobe Dean.
0: Yeah, a a medical question. potential
1: surgery that he might or might not have needed. And that was and I can see that being enough to scare people off of a first round.
0: And if you got two five-star recruits out of high school who absolutely dominated on the college yeah. level at the linebacker position,
2: I'll
0: just take the other one. Yeah. So, an interesting matchup in this game, certainly the matchup of Aaron Rodgers versus our secondary. He absolutely shredded our secondary yeah. last year. And here's the thing, the Eagles made it to the playoffs last year. We want to see improvement on that because we are a much more improved team
2: absolutely but yeah. that
0: would require a win in the first round of the playoffs potentially even a win in the second round right a win in the second round and if you look at the teams in the nfc we're going to have to go through if we want to get past the second round yeah and potentially even the first round an elite level quarterback absolutely tom brady with the buccaneers right matthew stafford with the rams right or aaron Rodgers with the packers absolutely so If we get absolutely shredded like we did last season by Rodgers this season, Mm -hmm. that really does not give me much hope in Week 12 for the Eagles being able to pull off a deep run into the playoffs.
1: Exactly. Can we be in the game with the Packers? Can we um, put some kind of reins on Aaron Rodgers and his passing
0: game? Can we get some pressure on yeah. and aaron Rodgers. can yeah. we send hassan reddick crashing in right with his speed and mm-hmm. actually get to him
1: this will be a good precursor to playoffs this will give us a good window i could see us being right in the mix of the nfc east first and second place and this will be a good look into well uh, are you guys going to be a serious contender in the playoffs
0: the other interesting matchup in this game is aj Dillon, the running back for the green bay packers He doesn't have many carries, if you look at his stats from last year, but he has the best ratio of number of carries to touchdowns scored. Okay. So he's this big bruiser of a back who the Packers mainly utilize in third and short situations or in the red zone to punch it in. Yeah. And again, with our dominant defensive line, can we shut down the third and short situations or the red zone situations where it's third and goal from the two and they're going to give it to dylan but how do we look against an elite level offense in the red zone can we make the packers settle for a couple of field goals when they have this massive weapon in dylan to punch it from short and then of course rogers to come up clutch from anything more than short
1: and then he's got Christian Watson at 6'4 to throw to. What a better target than that in the red zone. A, a,
0: a fade towards the corner yeah, of the end yeah. zone. I could see it happen all the time.
1: Yeah, so I, it's going to be a true test to what what we could possibly do in the playoffs and how deep we can go.
0: Game prediction, do we take it to the Packers? or?
1: No, this one goes to the Packers. Do, um, do
0: we keep it competitive?
1: We keep it competitive. I don't think it comes down to Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers on the
0: last-minute drive. Rounding out our brutal stretch, the Colts, the Packers, we go into Week 13 against the Tennessee Titans. They come to the link. I think the obvious storyline in this game has got to be A.J. Brown's return to face the Titans, right? Mm -hmm. So if you remember... We gave our pick, first-round pick, to the Titans in exchange for A.J. Brown. Right. And with that pick, the Titans took Traylon Burke's wide receiver out of Arkansas, ostensibly A.J. Brown's replacement. Yeah. After denying to give Brown the money that he was requesting. So I got to believe Brown's got a chip on his shoulder going into this game. Oh, yeah. Do you think Brown goes off in this game, and do we let him go off?
1: I— I think he does go off in this game, and I think he and Hertz being so tight, Hertz isn't going to change any plays that are brought in. But if he sees an opportunity to, that's to let, a great point. Let Brown stick it to the old team. Uh, he he will certainly be up for that.
0: He's going to hook his buddy up. He, yeah, he's going to play wingman for him on that one.
1: Absolutely. You know what's really interesting to me though is in these two weeks you've got the Packers and the Titans. Two teams with premier wide receivers,
0: yeah, and great Two teams quarterbacks and great quarterbacks, and they let those wide they receivers go. go. The Packers let Devonte Adams go, yeah, and the Titans let AJ Brown go.
1: Exactly, and they picked up first or second round wide,
0: wide receivers. receivers. So they are really banking on the fact that they can draft a receiver to replace, yeah, ostensibly an irreplaceable wide receiver.
1: Yeah, and you know it's interesting. Because Howie's kind of taken the other approach. Route. Yeah, exactly.
0: Sell the first round draft pick. Yeah. To acquire the proven commodity. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Watson and Burks
0: compare to Brown. Some of the interesting matchups in this game. First off, the Titans' rush defense is an elite level rush defense. And that makes sense. Mike Vrabel is a defensive minded guy. Right. I have a hard time believing that the Eagles really get anything going with regard to the rush game in this game. And I think that really puts the emphasis on offensive production on Hertz. Right. And this is going to be a big test of Hertz. Does he have enough talent as a pure passer that even when the running game isn't a threat and so the Titans are playing tough coverage? Right. Can Hurts still make something happen?
1: Yeah. This will be a big Jalen Hurts test. Grable, Belichick disciple, you gotta know he's thinking, like you said, coming into this game, I'm gonna make Jalen Hurts beat me. Yeah. I'm gonna shut down his running game, and I'm gonna make Jalen Hurts prove to me that he can he can beat this team.
0: And the other interesting matchup is Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs in the league. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be back this season off of an injury from last year. One of the things the Titans love to do with Henry is to toss the ball to him. Yeah. Seal the edge, toss the ball to Henry. And then if any linebackers are crashing in on him, he uses that stiff arm. Yeah. And he usually is able to get some big yardage on the outside. But we have those speedy linebackers and we also have some really tough defensive ends, Brandon Graham. Right. Can we seal the edge and contain Derrick Henry? Especially on those toss plays,
2: that's
1: going to be a key to winning this game. If the Eagles are going to win this game, they've got to be able to control him. What the Eagles should say to Tennessee is, "Okay, you want Jalen Hurts to beat us? We're going to make you use your quarterback, whoever that might be, beat Tana us." Tannehill
0: or Malik Willis,
1: right? Exactly. And we're not we're we're not going to let Derrick Henry dictate the game. Can they do that? I we're we're certainly man enough to do it yeah the question will be how big is derrick henry because speed is one thing but you can run over a linebacker with speed too does he do that
0: that's actually really i mean he he he's 235 pounds
1: yeah and he's a beast
0: and the he's a beast just a beast and that's that's how big nicobe dean is yeah so if you got a full speed derrick henry coming at uh, a similarly weighted Nicobe Dean. Yeah. He very well could lo- lower a shoulder yeah. and take Dean out. So do we come away with a win against the Titans?
1: Going very conservatively. I think we can, but going very conservatively, i say this is a Titans win.
0: So here's the question. It's a brutal stretch these three weeks. Yeah. First the Colts, then the Packers, then the Titans. Looking at each game individually, we've said we're probably going to lose. Right. Every game. But when you look at it as a whole, do you think it's more likely that the Eagles lose all three of these games, or that they take at least one?
1: No, I agree. I think it's more likely that they win one of these three. Each game individually, I don't. I I think
0: the they lose. odds are against them. Yeah.
1: But you take the three as a package, they got to win one of the three. I think there's a good chance of that.
0: Then we go week fourteen against the Giants, which we're seeing the Giants really late in the season for the first time.
1: Yeah, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. They had a great draft, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: And if you give those young guys and they become starters and give them two and a half, almost three months of experience, and then, then you see them for the first time, this could be a whole different Giants team versus seeing the Giants week one, two, or three.
0: That's really the question in Week 14. I mean, we're seeing the Giants so late in the season for the first time. Right. The storyline going into this game has got to be, has the Giants draft been good enough to make them relevant? Right. Come Week 14. Right. I would say if they're still relevant, that's going to be a tough out for us. Yeah. I would say if they're not relevant, that might be two easy wins. Yeah. It kind of comes back to that whole argument. It's toughest to play a bad team early in the season right. when the hopes are high. Right. So I would have our fingers crossed that by the time we meet the Giants for the first time in Week 14... They're out of it. Their hopes have already been crushed. Barkley's injured again, right? so he can't. Not mm-hmm. that I'd ever wish an injury on Barkley. Right. But he still hasn't made it through a full yeah. season. So will, will he make it to Week 14? Did they make enough adjustments at the O-line to protect Daniel Jones? Right. Or is Jones getting hit so much just like last year where he's taking some weeks off just to recover from the bumps and bruises of the previous week.
1: Yeah. You know, Daniel Jones came in about the same time as Josh Allen. They were talking about Daniel Jones being the premier quarterback to Josh
2: Allen.
0: Yeah, they were. And on top of that, they were saying in terms of strategy, Daniel Jones coming out of Duke might have a little bit of an edge on Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming.
1: I think the Eagles are still, the Eagles still take it. I think they take both New York Giants games, hopefully, because for them to win the NFC East, they've got to beat up on Washington and the Giants. No doubt. And they've got to split with Dallas. Yes. We we can't have Dallas sweeping the NFC East and expect to have a chance to overtake them. Agreed. So this is a must win uh, for the Eagles in that respect. I think the Giants, two, three years from now, we might have a different discussion because they had... You know, I th- built such a strong foundation.
0: I think you're right. It really feels like the Giants are on the up and up. Yeah. But we are a couple years ahead of the curve. Exactly. But we're on almost the same curve. Right. In that, you know, where we were two years ago is where the Giants are now. Right. And they could very well present a threat soon, but not quite yet.
1: Right. I, I agree with that. So I'm going with the Eagles and in, week the and in week 14 and week 18. 14. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right on. So we go from week 14... Into Week 15 against the Chicago Bears, this should be an easy win. Most NFL analysts have the Bears being among the worst teams in the NFL this year. Yeah. And the one move that they made, the gravest sin of all, they got rid of St. Nick. Probably their only hope at being relevant.
1: You cannot do St. Nick wrong like that. The Eagles might go in and beat up on the Bears just for that reason. Just for that reason. With everyone
0: having their Foles jersey on If not,
1: you know the fans well. No doubt. I can't imagine the Bears being relevant this year.
0: I'm going to make a game prediction. I'm going to say that it does not come down to Cody Parkey doinking the field goal. (laughs) I I would agree with that one. I think we beat up on the Bears a little more than that.
1: There might be a doink, but that will be to avoid the shutout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So game prediction.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with the birds on that one.
0: The birds take it to the bears. Yeah. So then we go into week 16 against Dallas. Yeah. And again, this is where if we didn't take Dallas out when we played them at home earlier, this game looks pretty intimidating. Absolutely. Having to take Dallas out on the road.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is, um, this, is this the Christmas Eve game?
1: This is the Christmas Eve game. Oh, man.
0: What, what, what better of a Christmas present could you ask for oh, yeah. than the Eagles to take out the Cowboys in Dallas on Christmas Eve?
1: It would not get any better than Santa that.
0: comes to Philly early, doesn't get hit by snowballs.
1: It's very possible that we're in first. I would, Dallas is in second I would
0: almost say it's likely. Yeah. With that schedule rundown that you did at the beginning right. of this show... Yeah. We could very well be ahead of Dallas at this point.
1: Yeah. So it would be a must-game scenario, must-win scenario. For Dallas. For the Cowboys. Yeah. And it's a game we could still lose and still be looking at the playoffs or even the NFC East Championship. We got to take care of business early in the schedule so that this isn't a must-win for us.
0: Can't be a must-win.
2: Yeah.
1: The looser we play, we take care of business early. Dallas maybe's down on there. Uh,
0: I don't think Dallas plays very good about. under pressure either. Yeah. They bailed out in the first round of the playoffs last year.
1: And how good would it be for us to win week 16 and basically take away any possibility of Dallas going to the playoffs?
0: Oh, man. That would be the best Christmas present yeah. to Philadelphia yeah. fans delivered on Christmas Eve.
1: It would not get any better than that at any time. No. Eagles fans travel. There's going to be a traveling contingent down there. There's
0: going to be a green wave in Dallas. Yeah. So then we go into week 17 against the Saints. Now, I think the biggest storyline going into this is, if you remember, we had three first-round draft picks. And we traded one of those first-round draft picks to the Saints for a first-round draft pick next Next year. year. Right. That was essentially Howie's insurance policy in case Hertz doesn't work out at quarterback this year. Right, right. And we like that trade in part because I think the Saints are in a rebuild year this year. Yeah. They lost Sean Payton at head coach. Right. They lost Drew Brees at quarterback. Right. Their defense is still strong, but I don't see them making the playoff runs that they have made in the past.
1: Yeah. I think this will very much be a Jameis Winston prove it year. He had good success with them last year, but couldn't stay on the field. He's got to show that he's their guy. If not, I think they walk away from him.
0: And what's interesting with Winston is he's got the same, if not more, weapons than Hertz does, actually. yeah. I think the Saints could potentially have the best wide-receiving squad in all of the NFL. They have Jarvis Landry from the Browns. Right. They picked up in the first round arguably the best wide receiver available in the draft. Yeah, everyone was saying. Chris Olave from Ohio State. Right. And they have, who I personally think is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL, Michael Thomas coming back off of injury from last year. Right. That's an awesome wide receiving core. So if Winston can't produce this year, they, they, they do walk away from him.
1: I agree. This is one that I had as a game the Eagles could lose. I think we'll know prior to week 17 whether the Saints are for real whether Winston can really bring those three wide receivers and use them to his greatest benefit.
0: I'll tell you what else we'll know by week 17, which is really interesting. One, we'll know if Jalen Hurts is our QB for years to come. Right. And two, we'll know just how early our draft pick the next year that we traded to the Saints is going to be in case we need to replace Hurts. Wow. You know, do the Saints really suck that year? Such that we're looking at a top 10 pick, or have they had a decent season such that we may need to use both first round draft picks that we have later in the draft to package? To pa- yeah, to pa- to package and get a top 10 pick yeah. to replace Hertz.
1: That's a good point. I hadn't even considered that.
0: Overall, looking at the schedule, what record do we have the Birds finishing with?
1: This is lo- taking a conservative look at it. I'm at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, eight. I'm at ten and seven.
0: Ten and seven.
1: Ten and seven. It's That's better than giving. nine and eight. Absolutely. Now we've gotta sweep Washington, gotta we've sweep got to the sweep Giants the Giants, and we've gotta split with Dallas. Okay. And that ten and seven still gives us losses against Minnesota, which is a winnable game. Yes. Arizona at Arizona, but you don't know. Winnable game. Um at Indianapolis.
0: They could win that.
1: Right. Green Bay, I'm not expecting that. Tennessee not expecting that, but New Orleans. You know, another so
0: So that ten and seven is counting New Orleans as a loss. As a loss. So we could very well be eleven and six. Absolutely. We flip that Vikings game and we're twelve and six. Yeah. And that's 12 with and five. Right. twelve and five. And that, that is with splitting with Dallas and yeah. sweeping and the think Redskins Dallas and Giants.
1: Repeats a twelve and five.
0: I don't um, think so either. We've got
1: the tougher first place schedule. I have them at 10 and 7 splitting with us and and them sweeping Washington and New York as well. So that week 16 could be such a huge game. That December 24th Christmas Eve game. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's why I say that's the best primetime game on our schedule. No doubt. It's got to be. That should be a real showdown.
0: Seriously. Yeah. All right, DB. Well, thanks. This is a great look at the schedule. You bet. Only sad part about it. It's four months away.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the truth. And a lot can happen. Hey, Howie may p- pick up a safety surprise in he those four well. He may very well. think he's still know. got
0: $10 million left or there so. There you
2: go. So we'll look for that. All
0: right. Thanks, DB.
2: You bet. Thanks, Bear.